I'm sure that uh, there are days you feel overwhelmed. And what does the Bible have to say about being overwhelmed? I'm thankful that God tells us what to do when you feel overwhelmed. If you have your Bibles, turn to James chapter 5 and verse 16 this morning. James chapter 5 and verse 16. And I'm thankful that God never feels overwhelmed. I'm thankful that there's not a day that happens when God says, well, this is just too much. I didn't know all this would happen, but they have too many problems. Why did I create humans? I mean, they have all kinds of problems. And uh, there's something about people. We all have problems. And what does the Bible say about dealing with our problems when we're overwhelmed? In Ephesians chapter 6, verse 12, it says, For we wrestle not against flesh and blood. So our battle is not against people. Right now, it's easy for you to say, well, if so-and-so wasn't in my life, life would be much better. If I didn't have that boss, or if I didn't have that uh, coach, or if I didn't have that teacher, if I didn't have that path, it's not against people. It's against principalities. It's uh, against the devil and his forces. And Paul writes this in verse 13, Wherefore, because you have this battle... Wherefore, take unto you the whole armor of God. And the Bible says that ye may be able to withstand in the evil day. Now, how many would agree, raise your hand, that we live in some evil days? We live in some very evil days. Now, God tells us how we can withstand, not attack the devil, but how you cannot give up ground in the evil day. He says, put on the whole armor of God. Then verse 18, he tells us how to put on the whole armor of God. He says, praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit, watching thereunto with all perseverance and supplication for all saints. So he tells you this. You live in evil days. Put on the whole armor of God. The way you put on the whole armor of God is through prayer. Now, I'm no expert in prayer. I, I, you know, I think, oh, I wish I was up here in prayer and I'm down here. I know all of us, we talk to ourselves all the time. I've told you before, you uh, talk to yourself more than you uh, hear from anybody else or talk to anybody else. And I was in the hospital, and I'm giving myself a lecture. I'm saying, Bob, you have all kinds of time to pray. You have no excuse not to pray. You know, it is hard to pray. It is a spiritual discipline that I believe is one of the best spiritual disciplines we have, and yet we don't pray. We don't take advantage of it. This is what Paul's saying. This is what uh, James tells us. When you are feeling overwhelmed, pray. So I was telling myself, I need to pray more. You know what I had to do? I had to get out my phone, my iPhone, and I said, God, and, and I literally, I, I'm there, I could call people up, but i got to call God. Aren't you thankful you don't have to have your phone when you talk to God? And, and I'm thankful that nobody walked into the room because they would have put me on a different floor. <laughs> but folks, pray. James' tradition tells us was called camel knees because he had callus on his knees from bowing down and praying. God tells us as his children, if you have a problem, pray. Now think about this last week. How much time did you spend in prayer? Not very much. 
when there's a God in heaven that invites each one of us to pray. The greatest prayer warrior was Jesus Christ. 20 different times the Bible mentions that he prayed. He prayed when he was baptized. He prayed before making a decision. He prayed three times on the cross. He's at the right hand of the Father praying now. The Christian life was not designed to work apart from prayer. And you might think, Pastor, my Christian life isn't working. Well, pray. When it doesn't work, it's a sign that I I need to pray. A.J. Gordon said, to rose one man or woman to the tremendous power of prayer for others is worth more than the combined activity of a score of average Christians. So A.J. Gordon said this, if one person in this church would pray, it would make a big difference, bigger than if everybody was involved in the work of this ministry. Just one person. It wouldn't make a difference. Pray. Charles Finney said, A revival can be expected when Christians have a spirit of prayer for revival. James is telling us, pray. I've tried it. It works. To get excited about something, he wants other people to do it too. James chapter 5, verse 16. I won't read verses 17 and 18 right now, but verse 16 Confess your faults one to another and pray one for another that you may be healed. The effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. Let's pray. Father, I'm going to be speaking on a subject that I believe is essential for all of us. And yet we're so weak. Lord, I ask that you would convict hearts this morning. Oh, Father, I pray that you would use your word this morning to get hold of our hearts. Lord, help us to learn from the writings of James. Lord, the life of Elijah. Oh, Spirit of God, work in our hearts this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, all of us are different in many areas. We all know this, that your fingerprints are different than everybody else's. That's amazing. They say your voice is different too. You say, yes, pastor, that's why I don't sing specials. We have a different voice reflection than everybody else. We also, our eyes are different. In fact, in some smartphones, you can open your phone by uh, eye recognition. It's kind of funny. I uh, went to the doctor a couple weeks ago, went to the waiting room, and there was five people in the waiting room. They all had masks on, and uh, some were reading magazines. The other ones were on their smartphones. There was an older gentleman, and he looked at me and says, Do I know you? I'm like, I'm thinking I don't know you. <laughs> He said, I think I know you. Under that mask, I think I know you. And really loud, I'm thinking everybody knows me now. And so I pulled up my mask and he goes, I guess I don't know you. (laughs) 
but our, our eyes are different. Now, we have different likes and dislikes. Uh, some of you like the color blue. You're right with God. That's my favorite color, right? And there's some of you, you like uh, brown, or uh, you like red, or you like uh, black, and uh, we have different colors that we like. Remember years ago, uh, John Turner was over at our house as a teenager, and he said, you have a lot of blue in your house. That's because my wife's favorite color is blue, too. We like different types of cars. Uh, some people like Chevrolet. Some people like Fords. Uh, some people like different cars. When it comes to sports, aren't you glad we don't all have the same interests in sports? What if everybody liked basketball? There wouldn't be enough arenas to house or uh, fit everybody in. What if everybody liked fishing? There wouldn't be enough rivers and lakes for everybody. There are some people that can't stand sports. What about food? We're different taste of foods. Uh, some people love steak. I know of people that can't stand steak. I know of people that don't like ice cream. I don't know what's wrong with them. But we're all different. But there's two areas that we're all the same in. And number one, we're all sinners here this morning. Every person I meet for the first time, I know this about them. They're a sinner. And secondly, we all have problems. Everyone, if I would talk to you after this service, you would tell me about your problem. We all have problems. And James tells us what to do with our problems, what to do when we feel overwhelmed. Notice in verse 16, he says, confess your faults one to another and pray one for another that you may be healed. The affection from a prayer of a righteous man availeth much. Now there's a lot in that verse. I'm going to unpack uh, many of these words this morning. But notice where he says, first of all, confess. That means to agree with God. Now, I understand we're Baptists. We don't sin, all right? We, we don't want people to think we sin. And we come into our into the auditorium. We carry our Bibles. We sit down. We have this halo on, and we don't want anybody to think that we've sinned. Now, folks, Paul, James tells us you confess your faults one to another. What he's saying, how can people properly pray for you if they really don't know what to pray about? When was the last time you went up to somebody and you said, can you pray for me? I need a stronger desire for God's word. Would you pray for me? I need boldness to witness. Would you pray for me? My heart is far away from God. Would you pray for me? I, I got to be careful what I, how I use my tongue. I want to use it for God's honor and glory. When was the last time you, you shared a request with somebody about you spiritually? Because many times our prayers are, Lord, bless so-and-so, bless the missionaries. Now, I promise you that after this service, if you decided to go to Texas Roadhouse and you're hungry and you go down there and you have to wait for 40 minutes for your table and you eat a bunch of peanuts and uh, you get over to the table and the waitress gives you uh, the menu and uh, you say, I don't, I'm just hungry. And she comes over and she says, what would you like? And you say, just bless me with some food. She's probably going to say, were you just at church? And she said, what would you like? And she gives you the menu again, and you say, just bless me with some food. I promise you this, she's not going to get you anything. 
Now, how many times do we go to Almighty God and say, bless the missionaries. Bless my husband. Bless the pastor. God blesses specific prayers. Now, notice what it says. Confess your faults. Not everybody else's. Boy, we're good at that. So-and-so did this. And we're real quick about confessing everybody else's faults. When was the last time you said, Lord, it's me sending in the need of prayer? Every revival I've been in where God's really worked, it's because people started confessing their own sins. I have found out that when uh, there is an individual and they're always confessing everybody else's sin, they're trying to cover their own sins. So James says, the affection of a prayer of a righteous man availeth much if you, first of all, confess your faults. Now, I understand this morning we don't want anybody to think that uh, uh, we're a wicked sinner. Folks, weakness is a blessing. Because when you're weak, you're saying, God, I need your help. Your faults one to another. You can always pray. No matter what you face in life, you can pray. And there's a God in heaven that will hear and answer your prayer. Pray one for another. Confess your faults one to another and pray one for another that ye may be healed. Now, when you read that in the King James, you think, well, that's just talking about physical healing. No, it's not. It's talking about spiritual healing. Now, if you don't like what someone does in your life, why don't you pray for them? When is the last time you said, I'm going to have a prayer meeting for this person? I'm going to pray for them. You can pray for them that they may be healed. He said, the effectual, fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. What James is saying, if Elijah had not prayed, there wouldn't have been a miracle. And if you don't pray, James says in James 4.2, if you don't pray, you're not going to see God at work. James 4.2 says, you have not because he asked not. The effectual, to be at work, fervent, means to be hot in prayer. Of a righteous man availeth much. Colossians 4.12, Paul writes, Epaparus, who is one of you, a servant of Christ, saluteth you, always laboring fervently for you in prayers that ye may stand perfect and complete in all the will of God. What's interesting? In Ephesians chapter 6, when Paul describes the whole armor of God, and he said, you put it on through prayer. Then the next verse, he says, and pray for me. He says, when you pray, pray for me. Pray first of all that I'll have an opportunity to share Christ. Then he says, pray for me that I will have boldness. Perhaps one reason we don't share the gospel like we should is because we don't have boldness. We ought to be praying for one another. He said, for the prayer of the righteous man availeth much. Now, you're going to say, well, pastor, I'm not a righteous person. I mean, I'm up and down in my Christian life. And God knows my heart. If you are saved this morning, you are a righteous person. Jesus made you righteous. Sin keeps us from prayer. 
Psalm 66, 18, if I regard iniquity in my heart, the Lord will not hear me. Isaiah 59, verses 1 and 2, behold, the Lord's hand is not shortened that it cannot save, neither his ear heavy that it cannot hear. But your iniquities have separated between you and your God, and your sins have hid his face from you that he will not hear. Bible says that it availeth much. Not a little bit. So if you're overwhelmed this morning, you have some problems, pray. Verse 17. In James chapter 5, Elias or Elijah was a man subject to like passions as we are, and he prayed earnestly that it might not rain. And it rained not on the earth by the space of three years and six months. And he prayed again, and the heavens gave rain, and the earth brought forth her fruit. So James says, the effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. Then he says, I want to tell you about Elijah. The Old Testament person named Elijah. And first of all, he says, Elias, or Elijah was a man subject to like passions as we are. Interesting phrase. What James is trying to tell us this morning, Elijah wasn't some super Christian. He wasn't some super saint. He did something that we don't do. He prayed. You see, Elijah had the same passions that we have. Uh, Elijah would get hungry. Elijah would get thirsty. Elijah would get tired. Uh, Elijah got depressed, the Bible tells us. Uh, Elijah was fearful. E Elijah, there were times when he had a lack of faith. Uh, Elijah strayed away from God. Elijah was just like us, like passions as we are. And sometimes we think these uh, men in the Bible were uh, super Christians. No, they had a super God, and we serve the same God this morning. Now, Elijah, we find out about Elijah's life in uh, 1 Kings chapter 17 and 18. Amazing, uh, living in a very wicked and evil time. And we think today, if things are bad, folks, things were a lot worse in Elijah's days. The king was King Ahab, a wicked man. He married a wicked woman, Jezebel. And Elijah shows up and he tells King Ahab, he said, it's not going to rain or there won't be any dew in the ground until I tell you. Then God hides them by the brook Cherith. And uh, the widow woman Zarephath, at Zarephath helps them. But I'm telling you, Elijah was not a popular man. When Elijah showed up, you remember what uh, King Ahab said? You're the man that troubles Israel. No, it. It was King Ahab that was troubling Israel. This is remarkable. Elijah said, it's not going to rain until I tell you. For three and a half years, it didn't rain. That is amazing. I mean, it affected everybody. Uh, just think if it didn't rain for three and a half years. 
Everybody would be affected by it. Uh, the price of food would go up and farmers would not be happy and uh, uh, your grass would be really dry and some of you that don't like the mow, you'd be happy about that and others would be not so happy, all right? But Elijah had that much power with God. So we're going to see three things about prayer. First of all, prayer involves passion. Prayer involves passion. In verse 17, Elijah, or Elias, was a man subject like passions as we are, and he prayed. In the Greek language, that, that phrase, and he prayed, means that he prayed with prayer. You see, when he went to God and he prayed, uh, it was the last resort. It was the first thing that came to his mind. He prayed. How many times do we just say words and we don't really pray? I remember being at the, working at the Bill Rice Ranch and um, they liked one counselor to pray because uh, his prayer was really short. And he would recite the prayer and they just wanted to eat. And I'm thinking to myself, I wonder how many times that prayer really reached heaven. <laughs> and how many times do we just go, go through the form of prayer? Elijah truly prayed. He prayed with passion. He prayed with prayer. Elijah prayed for the glory of God. Elijah didn't try to manipulate things, and then he said, well, I, I better pray. There's nothing else I can do. No, he prayed with passion. First thing he did, he went to God and he said, Lord, I need you. He cried out to God. And in your life, when you pray, do you pray with passion? Because you cannot fool God. He knows when we pray if we are praying with heart. Someone said, words without heart are abomination to God. But heart with words glorifies God. God knows if we're sincere. Elijah was sincere in his prayer. He prayed with passion. He knew he had a need. He felt helpless. There was nothing he could do about the situation. He knew that only God could do something about the situation. And in your situation, when you feel overwhelmed, pray to God. Because God hears our prayers. And he knows if we're sincere or not. Elijah prayed with passion. Babies aren't taught how to cry. They know how to cry automatically. I'm glad those days are over, right? And I remember when uh, Rebecca and Joshua and Jonathan and Joel, they were all little babies. They all cried. Right? And you put them in the crib, and I found this out. When they cried at 2 o'clock in the morning, they don't stop crying. Just because it's 2 o'clock in the morning, you yell in there, hey, it's 2, wait till the morning. They don't stop crying. It's interesting how many times in the Psalms, David said, I cried unto my God. They cry with passion because they have a need. And there will never be a time in your life when God puts you in a place where you won't need him. Because right now you need him whether you realize it or not. We all need God. 
And God delights in his children coming to him. James says we need to pray with passion. Secondly, we need to pray with perseverance. Notice in verse 17, and he pray, or verse 18, and he prayed again. Well, how many times have we prayed one time? How many times have we said, Lord, I have this need, and we prayed one time, and that was it. And we stopped praying. He prayed again. In fact, when you read the life of Elijah, there were times he prayed over and over and over again. When the little son died, the Bible says that Elijah took him up to the loft, fell on him, and cried unto God three different times. If it's a sincere prayer request, we will pray more than once. I'd encourage you parents this morning, if your child has already left the house and you say they live in another city or they live in another state or they're, they're not, you know, they're living away from me and they're doing things I don't want them to do, you can always pray for them. Never stop praying. In fact, the greatest thing you can do is pray for them. Because it doesn't matter where they are, they could be in another country. And God hears that prayer. Paul said in Romans chapter 1, verse 9, For God is my witness, whom I serve with my spirit in the gospel of his Son, that without ceasing I mention, I make mention of you always in my prayers. Wow, Paul said, when I pray for you, I pray for you all the time because you're on my list. Colossians 4, 2, continue in prayer. Watch in the same with thanksgiving. Continue, be devoted to prayer. Daniel chapter 6, verse 10. Now when Daniel knew that the writing was signed, he went into his house, and his windows being opened in his chamber towards Jerusalem, he kneeled upon his knees three times a day, morning, noon, and at night, and prayed, gave thanks before his God as he did aforetime. Wow. Daniel said, I've got to pray. I can't make it in life without prayer. Psalm 55, verse 17, Evening and morning and at noon, will I pray and cry aloud, and he shall hear my voice. Elijah prayed with passion. Perseverance was another trait of Elijah's prayer life. In Psalm chapter 55, verse 17, it says, Evening and at morning and at noon will I pray and cry and cry. 1 Thessalonians 5, 17, Pray without ceasing. So I promise you this, the devil is always fighting. There's never a timeout. The Bible says we wrestle not against flesh and blood. Uh, wrestling is different than football. You can call timeout when uh, you get tired or you want to come up with a play or, uh, you know, you uh, there's something that's not going right. In wrestling, you can't do that. The devil's always fighting. 
Someone said this, a part-time Christian cannot defeat a full-time devil. A part-time Christian cannot defeat a full-time devil. Luke chapter 18, verse 1. And men ought always to pray and not to faint. When we feel overwhelmed, it's a sign that we're not praying. So prayer involves passion. It involves perseverance. But it involves power. This is amazing. If God did it for Elijah... God has not changed. And sometimes we say, well, we need, a, uh, we need a, a, a man like Elijah. Folks, we just need people that would pray. I believe if Elijah was in our service this morning and we would say, you know, I have this problem. You're not going to believe who's in the White House. and You're not going to believe what's going on in our school. And you're not going to believe this. And You know, Elijah would say, well, then pray. And that's what James is saying. The affection from the prayer of a righteous man availeth much. James is not lying. Elijah is not lying. So there's power. Verse 18. And he prayed again, and the heaven gave rain, and the earth brought forth her fruit. Can you imagine? After three and a half years of drought, of no rain, when it started to rain, all of a sudden the grass turned green. The crops started to produce. The dry holes in the ground filled up with water. Rivers were full. Lakes were full. You see, Pastor, I need some showers of blessings. Then pray. Because all of us, we have dry hearts. And we live at a dry time in our country. I'm so thankful for this. God has not lost any of his power. He says, pray. You say, Pastor, uh, my marriage isn't very good. Then pray. You say, my kids aren't doing right. Pray. You say, my boss at work is unfair. Pray. I don't like this. And pray. Billy Sunday said, if you are a stranger to prayer... You are a stranger to the greatest source of power known to humans. Now, every person in this auditorium can pray. We can all pray. You say, well, I don't like all the rain. Pray about it. I, I, I want more rain. Pray about it. God answers prayer. Prayer power is the greatest power in the world today because prayer gets a hold of God. It's God's way. And I don't know why we have to always be reminded to pray, but God reminds us over and over again to pray. Isaiah chapter 59, verse 16. And he saw that there was no man, and I wonder that there was no intercessor. Sometimes I wonder if God says, why, why don't my people pray? A great saint many years ago said, I think the disappointment of going to heaven will be this because everything else will be great, but just seeing everything that God had for me, but I didn't ask for it. When you're struggling with your thoughts, pray. 
The effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. I would encourage you to read 1 Kings chapter 17 and 18. Amazing what God did for one man who prayed. And James is telling us this morning, pray the effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth some, no, availeth much. Elijah was just like you. He was a man. He had a sin nature. He doubted God sometimes. He was afraid. He got depressed. He sinned. But he prayed. And he prayed with passion. And he prayed with perseverance. And he prayed with power. God hears the prayer of the common Ordinary Christian. Isn't that a blessing this morning? We don't have to be some super saints. Because maybe you're thinking, Pastor, I'll never be like Elijah. I'll never be a super saint. And I just can't pray. No, you can pray. God says you come to him in prayer. So whatever the request is, whatever is overwhelming you, would you pray about it? You say, Pastor, I just, it's just, it's so silly. And it's not too silly for God. He's inviting us this morning to pray. Let's bow our heads and hearts for a word of prayer. As heads are bowed and eyes are closed this morning, I don't know your hearts. I do know this. It's easy to get overwhelmed. And I do believe this, that God has an answer for those times we feel overwhelmed. And it's called our Heavenly Father. And the way we get hold of Him is through prayer. You say, I don't like this. Have you prayed about it? I wish um, this person had a loving spirit. Well, pray about it. Confess your faults one to another. The effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. How many with uplifted hand this morning would indicate, Pastor, I have some great and serious needs in my life. And I need God's help. Here's my hand. Please pray for me. God bless you. You've got many, many hands all over this auditorium. You know what? I'm so thankful that God understands. And he's the only one that can answer that prayer.